Hi, I'm Brett Terpstra, and this is Systematic on 5x5. Bandwidth for May has been provided by Cashfly, the fastest, most reliable CDN in the business. Cashfly delivers all of our content here at 5x5, and they really are the best. Check them out at cashfly.com, C-A-C-H-E-Fly, and let them know you heard about them on 5x5. My guest this week is Carla White. She is a designer, a writer, an apps MacGyver, um, and uh, she works heavily in app design and app strategy. How you doing, Carla? I'm doing great, Brett. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's that's not a problem. Um, one of your bigger apps that you are known for is uh, Gratitude Journal mm-hmm. on both the iPhone and the iPad. Um, can you give me a little background on how you got started with Gratitude Journal? Uh, why, and then uh, and then we'll talk about how it's been marketed. Sure. Um, I created Gratitude Journal in 2008. That was the first app that I created. And the way I came across my idea was um, I was creating, I was keeping a gratitude journal myself. I was in a bit of a funk. Uh, My dad had passed away about a year earlier and I just couldn't get myself out of that place and had been reading all sorts of self-help books, doing all sorts of different things. And Gratitude Journal was one of the things that I came across. Uh, Basically, what it is, is you write down five things each day that you're grateful for. And there's a power in writing it, physically writing it down. Um, And I was doing this for about three weeks when it occurred to me that my life had really shifted over the past few weeks. I had lost 15, 20 pounds. Um, I had some new job prospects. I, um, my relationships were better. I was just overall in a better place. And it was kind of one of those eureka moments. And I thought, well, how can I share this with the greater world, uh, the power of gratitude and thought, well, um, I can create an app because the, I just had gotten my iPod touch. I didn't have an iPhone, an iPod touch and the SDK was just being released at that time. So, um, I was designing and kind of figured out how to design the different screens and the elements and hired a developer to put it together. And to my surprise, it was, uh, picked up by the media and was hugely popular, uh, featured in USA Today, Good Morning America, Oprah, all sorts of different places, uh, NPR. And uh, it was first featured because of um, the gratitude element and my story of how it helped me. But then I also became the poster child of how somebody can create an app without being an app developer. So have you since, uh, have you done any development yourself or are you primarily designing these apps? <laughs> no, I stay away from the code. I figured out about enough to tweak it, just a smidgen, but uh, no, I don't code at all. Okay. Uh, you also have a book on mm-hmm. actually that topic. Uh, yeah. It's called Idea to iPhone. And yep. um, so that pretty much is about basically your process, how you create apps in hand in hand with developers. Right. It's goes through the whole process of fleshing out your idea and making sure it's a good one. Uh, coming up with killer designs and how to make it viral inside your app and how to hire a designer if you're not a designer yourself, and then also how to find really good developers and hire those developers. And then it goes on to the process of getting your app into the iTunes store and marketing it so it gets noticed right away. So basically it, it covers everything except for the coding part, which is right. right. So it's it's probably of use to 
a, a wider range of people than just a how to uh, like coding manual. Yeah, I, I think um, I have that issue where as soon as people find out that I'm an app developer, be it at the dentist or party, somebody tells me they have an app idea. Huh. And uh, it, it, there's some really good ones out there. And unfortunately, people just don't know where to begin and how to do it. So this is written for that audience. Definitely. Um, I, w- I would think that uh, if if I hear one more idea from, say, my dentist, <laughs> I will definitely I will hand them this book <laughs> and tell them I'm, I'm, I'm too busy to be their developer. But here's how you can find one. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, the uh, illustrations in the book were done mm-hmm. by Mike Rohde. Yes. His uh, illustrations are found in Hundred Dollar Startup as well as Rework, which are both New York Times bestsellers. So he's super talented guy and just equally as cool. So And he has been on this show, I'm proud to say. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's see. What else do you do? You have um you have you provide services. So a mm-hmm. lot of the stuff that you write about you actually put into into action. Right. And you have some other apps, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, so, what are some of the other ones? So I carried on the same genre of life improvement. And my other apps are a vision board app and uh, inspirational quotes app. And both of those came out of demand. So what I'm working on at the moment is to redo all the apps into um, a more clean, user-friendly designs as well as make them more social. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit. There are a few vision board apps, um, mm-hmm. or at least uh, like, what do they call it in design? It's not just a vision board. There's like a color, color and ideas. I guess it's essentially the same as what I'm looking at here. Um, so what, what is the uh, differentiate, differentiating factor for your, your vision board app? Well, it's, Meant to help you focus in different areas of your life so you can create a different board solely for your health or your family or your career. And um, by picking visions of what you want that to be, those, and you should be careful because they do come true. I uh, put a, I just was going through an old vision board of mine um, a while back on career and it had on there to write a really good book. And um, I don't know if that happened um, because of the vision board or how it all came to be. But um, when it does happen, sometimes it involves a lot of work and um, hopefully it's what you're looking for. But uh, it's there's some power in uh, just visually seeing what you want to bring in your life. And what I want to do with the vision board next is to make it more, more all-encompassing so your um, goals are in front of you, not just on your phone, but other places around you. Okay. Now, you mentioned adding social, which seems to be, mm-hmm. you know, it's something that everyone's doing with their apps now. Mm-hmm. Um, except for a gratitude journal and a vision board seems to me, at least in my case, it would be something very personal. Yeah. Is how how are you planning to make that social? Well, the interesting thing is um, I had quite a few people come to me in different areas. For example, uh, 
people wanted to tag a friend in one of their entries and let that friend know. So when they wrote um, a post saying, you know, I had a great lunch with Emily this afternoon, that entry would show up on Emily's Facebook wall. And the other side of it are um, groups of people that use the gratitude journal to motivate each other, be it um, a team or somebody recouping recovering from an addiction um, or uh, a group of people trying to lose weight together or um, accomplish some sort of goal together. They use it as a, a, a group and uh, want to share their their gratitude each day or their visions um, to help motivate each other. I Yeah. Okay. I could see that. So it's, it's yeah. social, but not like I'm publishing my, my vision board to Twitter. Right. Um, every time. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. I like mm -hmm. that. All right. I'm going to take our first sponsor break and then come back and talk a little bit about how you market and how you learned how to market. Okay. All mm -hmm. right. So our first sponsor today is hover.com simplified domain management. You've probably registered a domain with a company that just wants to sell you services you're not interested in when all you want is a simple.com or maybe a CO or TV. And the dot, if the dot com you want isn't available, you can also get a dot net, which is the one alternative to dot com that's become universally accepted. Hover makes it easy. Just enter the domain name you want into their search box and Hover will tell you if it's available. If not, it will come up with some suggestions. You can also just type in a few keywords and Hover will figure out some available domains using those terms for you like a magical robot. They have real human beings available for support and their number is right on the front page of their website. If you have any problems, just pick up the phone and call. They have a no-hold policy. Somebody just answers the phone. Seamless transfers from other providers, elegant DNS management, email hosting, and more. If you use the code DANSENTME or visit hover.com slash DANSENTME, you'll get 10% off of everything you buy from hover.com. Okay, so when you released Gratitude Journal, you said you were kind of taken aback by the amount of press you got. And I would be too. You got some amazing press on that. Um, so did you, did you do anything to promote that app or did, or was that app a learning experience for uh, what you teach people now, as far as how to promote their own apps? Yeah, I, I, in a way it was a learning experience, but I think I was doing things unknowingly. Um, for example, when I was trying to get out of my funk, I started uh, blogging about it um, just as a way to discover other people and cook, hook up with other people. And I had a following, um, not a huge one, but a, a smaller one, which was enough at the time. And um, I think um, because of that, I, my message got out a lot quicker um, than I thought. And uh, I, I didn't just create an app and put it out there and nobody knew who I was. And uh, there's a huge power in already having a base of connections um, on the Internet and throughout the world. Uh, and so I think that was my launch pad for the most part. But back in 2008, apps were so new that organic growth was quite um, possible. Whereas at this day and age, the competition is so fierce and the number of apps that get launched each day, um, you have to really step out of, step up your game and step out of your comfort zone to get noticed. 
And what would you say the key factor, if you had to pick one factor in getting your app noticed, uh, what would that be? Market the app before you even create it. Start your marketing before you even start creating your app. So like uh, buzz around the internet, uh, teasers? You bet. Yep. And (laughs) if you have the power to create a viral video and have your app fit that video, uh, then you're on to a winner. Sure. Um, where do you think that tech blogs and and uh, sites like Lifehacker, et cetera, fit into a marketing plan? Uh, you First off, forget the press releases or just sending them a generic email. Uh, what works out better is if you get to know a key set of individuals, a few bloggers, um, People who really match your mindset and genre and uh, app and get to know them over time as you're creating your app. And when you're ready to release your app, you let them have a sneak preview of it before you go live um, and you contact them in an email that's specifically written to them or in a way it doesn't have to be an email. It could be a snail mail or anything, but uh, contact them in a way that's specifically written to them and encompasses all the information they need uh, to promote your app. That sounds exactly like what I said in the last blog post I wrote about this. (laughs) Yeah. You can also, I think um, if you, if you want to be published on a certain blog, Mm-hmm. You can research and see which writer at that blog has written about that genre of apps before and then then contact them directly and do develop that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think it can be I don't think you have to maintain 20 different relationships directly uh, in order to do this, but you do have to make contact with the right people. Uh, those press releases shot to uh, to the general tips line. Those never those rarely get noticed at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sound advice. Um, and then as far as like non blog resources, how, how do you go about, do you have contacts at say USA today and Oprah's press <laughs> office? <laughs> I certainly wish I did. And I'm trying to make those contacts, uh, as we speak, but, um, um, no, I, I've been studying the, um, the, the viral uh, concept. And what they've discovered is that you actually don't need to go directly to Ellen DeGeneres or (laughs) Oprah or any of those people to have the viral approach um, with your product or your app or your message. Uh, And in fact, it helps to just hit a few quality trendsetters um, with, they don't need to have 500 friends on Facebook, but they are people who, step out of their comfort zone and try new things all the time. And those are the folks that will adopt your message and um, get it spreading. So the first step would be quality content, whether it's mm-hmm. a video or a teaser or whatever. And then kind of planting the seed. For, right. I, like personally, the whole, like someone says viral video and I immediately think like um, internet uh, just like star uh, like whoredom kind of, right. you know, like just the word itself. Like I don't disagree with the marketing technique. And I think it's like, um, basically I think an alternative phrase for that would be organic marketing. 
Like mm-hmm. I see that being a very similar concept, almost interchangeable. Would you disagree with that? Well, yeah, I think it is. Um, although there are certain videos that do set out to be viral. Right. And I'm not a huge, like, yeah. if I know when I start a video that it was designed to be viral, I I don't, I don't propagate it like that. If somehow grates against my own as a blogger, yeah. like I don't, I don't want to just be part of the train. I'd rather find original content that's truly right. quality yep. and, and let it become, you know, viral in that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's I a agree. fine line there. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of uh, quality that gets lost. Right. Um, yeah. Or, well, and also like manipulation. Like right. I don't like, I don't like presentations that I feel were designed to make me want to share it. Mm-hmm. Um, especially things that at the bottom, they say, sure, if you agree. And that's a guaranteed <laughs> yeah. way that to, to make me not share something. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's very much in line with all of my, uh, my, I've been, I've been doing talks and I, I have a few lined up for the summer, uh, about this topic. And, uh, we seem to agree. Uh, so I, I take that as confirmation that my ideas do work. Well, and likewise, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, my own app has, has, has taught me a ton about how to get the coverage that makes an app float in the app store because yep. it is so easy for something to get lost. And I feel like even as a consumer, um, I, that I, I'm missing out on a lot of apps that really should be covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a blogger, I take it as a personal responsibility when it, when a new developer sends me a new app to check out if it's worth it, if it's worth, even if it's not something I'm going to use every day, if I think it's something people need to know about, I make sure that it at least gets a mention on my blog or on, uh, some of the larger blogs that I work with. And, uh, cause that can, that one moment, that first post that gets written on a large blog not that mine is large, but on, on like one of like two R Mac stories or Engadget or anything. Um, that first post is really the turning point for a lot of mm-hmm. apps. And if you don't get that first post and you don't get it in a timely manner, yeah, yeah. you, you drown in the app yeah. store. I think, uh, also developers are so keen on getting featured on the app store. They lose focus on the power of the bloggers and, in fact, the bloggers probably have um, equal, if not more, power to make your app noticed. Right, because being featured on the App Store is great sales for a week, mm-hmm. but there's no uh, there's no lasting like Google juice from that. Right, it's once you're off the front page, you're off of people's radar. Yep. Whereas a blog post, if someone searches for the name of your app or even a similar app, there's a very good chance that you're going to show up and you're going to have continued uh, success because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's um, amazing how much uh, scrutiny and shopping uh, know how the buyers go into getting their apps. Uh, Even if it's 99 cents or free, they still (laughs) act like they're buying a Mercedes or something. Right. Well, and part of me admires people who have enough uh, financial, um, what's the word? Uh, responsibility, sense of responsibility mm-hmm. that even spending a dollar isn't uh, an impulse decision for them. But part of me yeah. gets like, there's a, there's a point where you read a good review and you have 99 cents 
why don't you just buy the app and try it out instead of asking everyone on Twitter if they use it and what they think of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, the, it, I, I don't mind the initial hesitation in any case where money is involved. Um, but I do get a little concerned about people that research a 99 cent app to, to an extreme. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I run that huge, uh, iOS text editor spreadsheet. I don't know if you've ever seen iText editors, but the, the amount of traffic that gets and the amount of, uh, the amount of, uh, comparison that people do between editors trying to find the right one is it's impressive. Like the, it turned out to be a resource that was highly used. Really? Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's like 70, it's 78 different text editors and, and comparison feature comparisons on a chart. And then, uh, yeah, people, people show up and they'll stay there for 10, 15 minutes at a time (laughs) comparing all the different editors. So I think there's only one way to really find out. Yeah, well, exactly. (laughs) You know, you can read everyone's marketing materials, but you never know if anything's going to be worth anything to you until you drop the cash on it. Yeah. Yeah. Although there are certain sites that have a, a great amount of trust built up with the public. Uh, where if they say something is that, you know, this will be useful to you, th- th- then the app sells and, right. and that people, a lot of those readers only need that one review to make the decision. And I, mm-hmm. those are the sites that when I want to release something, those are the ones I target. Yeah. Uh, they're heavily, and, uh, heavily everybody's, read. everybody's getting viral because they feel that's the way that their app will get spread. Um, somebody will share something in their app and somebody will discover it and go, oh, which app was that? And then they'll download the app. But um, unfortunately, that only gets a fraction. <laughs> it hardly makes movement, that right. sort of viral approach. So you have to actually really engage your users, um, strategize viral activity. Well, and Facebook has started to provide the ability for apps to to almost covertly post to people's walls. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, when you launch the app, it'll say Facebook would like to authorize, but it won't give you a full idea that the next time you do something in the app or even <laughs> even right at that moment, like I've had posts show up on my Facebook wall that said these three people like this app and yeah. they never they never went in and clicked like. Yeah, they they launched the app and they authorized it. Be thinking that they were going to share something in the future. And it just automatically put a large, like one of those featured posts on my wall and told me that they liked it. And at first I didn't realize what was happening. And, and I was like, oh, well, you know, if Christina Warren likes this app enough to, you know, post about it, I should try it out. And then I began Mm -hmm. to realize that this wasn't a conscious decision by a lot of people. And that, that bothered me. I think that's almost shady. Yeah, and it's a little bit twofold. First off, the apps need to be more transparent, but then also Apple needs to do more with those messages. So when they pop up a message saying that an app wants access to your photos, for example, it should say why they want access. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Well, and on the Mac, you, you get apps that you launch them and they say they want access to your contacts. And, mm-hmm. and that's daunting for a lot of people when all the app actually wants is your contact card for crash reports. 
Yeah. You know, and that's that's the extent of their their devious plan is just to make it possible for you to submit a crash report. But mm-hmm. all you get from the message from Apple is that it wants access to your contacts. Yeah. And that's a frightening prospect for anyone, I would think. Right, right. Even just, you know, what's your location? Well, I don't know if I want to give that out right now. Right. And uh, um, who knows what it's for? It could be very minimal. And uh, unfortunately, there's no way for the developers to provide more information. They should at least have a a checkbox that says evil or not. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, those apps that are mischievous or deceiving, I think that catches up to them in the end. It does. And, And we've seen, you know. Uh, some large apps go down because of this kind of privacy policy uh, shenanigans and whatnot. Yep. All right. Well, let's do sponsor block two. You, uh, you, you, you have a high energy and it makes me talk fast. (laughs) This is, this may be a shorter podcast than usual. We're, We're like double time. All right. So our second sponsor today is Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start your search at Shutterstock.com to find that perfect image for your website, ad, publication, or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from, from around the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Choose whatever fits your need and never have to compromise. If you need just one image for your blog or mock-up, you can do that, too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you'll find something new, since they add 10,000 new images every day. It's more affordable than you think, too, with no extra charge for large files. Just download any image at any size and pay only one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, you can just take them. Easily curate and share pictures via lightboxes. You can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own Lightbox gallery as you search. You can also search using their iPad app. There's something called Enhanced License Access. If you like an image and want to run it on print or swag for your trade shows, they can get you an enhanced license for any image. They also have a huge library of vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips for all your graphic needs. If you need help at Shutterstock.com, you get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. They also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account at Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code DANSENTME5 and get 30% off of any package. Do you have a dog? He's dreaming. <laughs> my my, my dog, Emma, in her dreams, will go into these long howls. It sounds like a, like an air raid siren in the middle of the night, and you wake up and go, "What the?" And it'll just be her laying there asleep, doing the equivalent of an air raid siren. It's crazy. Yeah, you wonder what are they dreaming about? Yeah. Yes, I wonder that every night. He woke up though. He probably won't keep working in his sleep. <laughs> All right. So we're at the uh, the top three picks for the day or the week or your life, whatever uh, whatever's. <laughs> on your mind this week. Uh, so what would your first pick of the week be? Um, it's a book. Well, all three of them are books. And uh, my first one is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. And um, I picked this book because I, I struggled through it, but in the end, I really got a lot out of it as far as uh, 
shutting out the voices, the naysayers, including your own, and um, being able to progress forward with your life. Okay. What is it, would you say, in the self-help genre? Yeah, I'm pretty sure this one's in the self-help genre. Um, Oprah is a big fan of his, and I think positive that's how I discovered him. So, All right. Um, do you have any more insight into this book? Why, why um, would I want to buy this book? <laughs> well, um, if you are um, looking at trying to really shift how you think about life, um, I, it's a very philosophical book, but it also is very grounding. So it's applicable to everyday situations, every minute situations. Um, and uh, basically the gist of it is, is how we're either living in the past or the future and not in this very moment. And if we can somehow bring ourselves to this very moment, our lives will be uh, far more intense and richer. And um, uh, it's obviously something that even, a Buddhist monk probably struggles at doing, but uh, I think as we get so entwined with information overload and busy, I mean, our schedules are busier now than they were perhaps even five years ago. Um, and uh, there's a lot to be said and just breathing into this very minute and um, not worrying about the past and letting the future go and letting that just fall into place as it should. I think that even if our schedules aren't busier, our brains are <laughs> yeah. like our, our attention, like we're, we're drawn in so many more directions. So that, that sounds intriguing to me. I happen to really like the fact that I'm cynical and grumpy all the time. Um, <laughs> like it, it works for me. Uh, but I, I, I'd be willing to explore, um, alternative, uh, views <laughs> on the everyday world and how to cope. That's interesting. All right. All right. Well, my three picks for the week are all um, their utilities or apps, which is it, that's normal for me. So um, I won't have much to say about any of them, really, I don't think. But the first one is Event Scripts, which I, uh, I mentioned on my blog this week. It's an app that runs in the background and can be triggered by events from a mobile phone uh, using the Event Scripts mobile or it can run uh, based on triggers like your screensaver starts or stops, your computer's about to fall asleep, um, Bluetooth, which is, uh, that's what got me into it this time. I had tried it in the past, and it had been okay, but better touch tool had been uh, a more suitable alternative in most cases for me. But um, this time around when I tried it, I realized that the Bluetooth detection on it was actually way better than anything else I'd tried, which had all been flaky. Like I'd, I'd hook it up to my lights so that when I walk into a room with my phone, the lights turn on. And when I walk out, they turn off. That's all I've ever wanted to do. And, uh, and event scripts finally made it reliable. It's connected right now. My lights haven't shut off once this week, uh, while I'm still sitting at my computer, which is what always happened in the past. And uh, and even just for the Bluetooth detection alone, Event Scripts makes uh, pick of the week. Wow, that's a pretty cool app. It is pretty cool. I have a lot yeah. of fun with it. Uh, between that and Better Touch Tool, uh, my phone has become an indispensable part of my home automation system. 
even if you're not doing home automation, like you can with with event scripts and better touch tool, you can like from anywhere in the world, you could start uh, a server or, a, you know, even a, like a media server on your home Mac that you could then access through your hotel Wi-Fi, things like that. It's great for. Yeah. And uh, uh, but having your light shut off when you leave a room. Oh, that's priceless to me. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you got to hook that up to a kid. <laughs> you, I actually have this dream of like, like an RFID, like these RFID bracelets that everyone in my house, including the animals would wear yeah. and, and lights and, and temperature and music and everything could be assigned to individual people to follow like with their own preferences. So like when my wife walks into a room that I'm already in, the music switches to not death metal and quiets down a little bit. And we'd all get along, you know, just yeah. a little bit better that way. <laughs> Happier place. I like that idea. I think you should <laughs> run with it. Someday. Someday. <laughs> all right. So what's your second one? Um, another book. It's called Tipping Point, which you probably heard of by oh, Malcolm yes. Gladwell. Yeah. I uh, read that book twice, actually, and uh, thought, I don't know. I, I, I think I've read maybe three books twice in my life. So this one, um, maybe didn't read it cover to cover twice, but definitely went through most of the content. And uh, uh, it's really interesting how he went in and scientifically discovered why people are more successful than others. And what is that, um, the tipping point? What, how do people cross that line? And uh, uh, it's really applicable to your own life, you know, how Bill Gates and Steve Jobs got ahead when others didn't. Uh, you know, it's not down to pure luck, which right. I quite enjoyed. I like the factual sides of things. So, Yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of the few books I've finished in the last few years. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that one was fun. Did you read, uh, I think the first version of Freakonomics came out oh. around the same time as Tipping Point? Yeah, yes. Mm -hmm. Did you enjoy that for the same now, reasons? Uh, yeah, I did, but it didn't strike me as much. Maybe sure. because I read them about the same time. So, well, they have different goals in mind. Yeah, but, but they were interesting to me for the same kind of uh, data compilation reasons, mm -hmm. explaining things in a more quantitative way. Um, okay, that's I I, I would uh, I would go back and read that again. I think. Yeah. If I ever finish, you know, the five books I have going right now. Isn't that something? Do you do ebooks? Then it gets even worse. Uh, these are all ebooks. I, yeah. I actually find I read faster with regular paperback book, but the fact that I can have a hundred books with me at one time I know. makes it appealing. Yeah. But you're right. Like it means I never finish anything. It's yeah. very scattered. Yeah. If I could just get into the now and stick with a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So my second app. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to mention Shrinker. It's a new utility put out by an old friend of mine, Corey Bohan. And uh, it basically, it runs on your Mac. And whenever you have a URL in your clipboard and you press its hotkey, um, you can have it shorten that URL and give it back to you using any of the available URL shortener services. So for anyone who is, you know, 
sending an email to people in uh, that that requires a link, and you come out with these long, long links with a ton of URL query strings on them. Uh, this is a really fast way to get your short URLs, and it's self-contained, runs in your menu bar. I I think it's clean, it's nice, and Corey's a good guy, so I think I'll mention that one. <laughs> so that's like a cool one. Yeah, there's another one. I have to. I don't know. I think it's in private beta. I can't that I always mess that up. So I'm not even going to tell you what it is right now. Just on the off chance that I'm not supposed to talk about it yet. Oh gosh, come on. That was a horrible tease. That was just like, (laughs) I know something you don't know. Wow. And I'm not even sure if I can tell you right now. (laughs) I forget. I said that we just edited it out. (laughs) Nobody knows. All right. Okay. Number three for you. Um, number three was hard, but um, I'm going to go with Back of the Napkin. Have you heard of this book? I have heard of it. I know very little about it. Okay. So it's not one that you have to spend two weeks reading. It's an afternoon read. And basically, it's showing anybody how to um, visually draw out their ideas using stick figures and arrows and whatnot to come to a solution for any sort of problem. And it's pretty powerful what you're able to do when you actually uh, create a visual of kind of like an infographic of what you're facing. And you, and the neat thing is, is anybody can draw, come on, you do a circle and a triangle and a square, you're set. So yeah, um, I don't do so well with the circle part. (laughs) <laughs> Those are called ovals. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I like that book. That's one that, um, in fact, we have two copies in our house. So I don't know why. That does sound very interesting. That one is definitely one I'm going to check out after this show. Mm-hmm. That's that's the kind of thing I really, afternoon reads that increase a certain skill set for me are definitely, uh, anything that involves self-reflection uh, or introspection I I have trouble even starting to read, <laughs> but things that improve, you know, my ability to do a certain task quickly are definite, like no question. I'll, I'll, I'll give that a shot. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So my number three is, it's an interesting one uh, for me to mention, but I'm really impressed with it right now. And it is called... Now I have to look it up. Uh, it's Poetreat, like P-O-E-T-R-E-A-T, Poetreat. And it's a poetry app for iPhone that gives you like syllable counts for structured poetry. It gives you rhyming dictionary. Um, you have gesture-based uh, manipulation of your prose as you write it. And overall, like I just got it today. And I don't write poetry. I write some song lyrics. Okay. So I don't, I I can't like speak to whether or not this is perfect for various uh, structures, but you can choose like AABA, like et cetera, um, your, your overall format. And you can specify that and it'll help you keep track of your rhymes and what, uh, which lines are supposed to rhyme with which and which have which meter and cadence and, it's interesting. There's another one called Verses that I've had for a long time that is more geared towards lyrics. 
And this one is very specific to poetry, and it's very intriguing to me. It's very beautiful, too. Very well done. So you're going to compose something for your wife? Yes. Good. And now I have to, because I said yeah. it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll try. I'll try. She won't be impressed, but I'll try anyway. Well, I find it quite... Um... I don't know. It's entertaining that a man who doesn't want to read the self-help book is into his poetry app. <laughs> I am um, I'm a, a conundrum. Pick your vices. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. I'll check that one out. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, I think it's 99 cents. Maybe it's 299. I've been looking at too many prices lately, but mm. yeah, I'll put the price in the show notes for people. And uh, definitely worth a look if you write anything that involves rhyming and meter. So, yeah, I have uh, I have one more ad to read. And then I'm actually going to go to the hospital. Um, oh. I lost feeling in my right hand. And I was like, you know, okay, maybe it's a nerve thing, whatever. I'll figure it out. And, uh, and I skipped out on the MRI that was initially suggested. So I called them today and they're like, you got to get to urgent care right now. So, so I'm not going to try to extend this beyond the point where my whole arm goes numb. But, yeah, I'm surprised you're not there already. I'm very bad at that too. I'm very bad about taking care of myself. Yeah. yeah. But I'm trying, I'm trying and I'm going to go. But right now we'll talk about Shopify. Uh, which is a hosted e-commerce solution that allows you to set up and run your own online store in minutes. Pick a template, add your products, pick your payment processor, PayPal, Stripe, or Authorize.net, and ship your stuff with just a few clicks. With Shopify, it's easy to sell online, and there's no software to download, host, upgrade, or maintain. Pick from over 100 professionally designed e-commerce templates, or create your own with full control over the HTML and CSS. There are no bandwidth limits and no need to worry about scaling when your store becomes popular. And every Shopify store is level one, PCI, DSS compliant, and totally secure. All you need is something to sell. Visit shopify.com slash five by five and you'll get three months for free. Check them out today. All right. So I guess this is a great point to wrap up. Um, Carla, what is your Twitter handle? At Carla White. That's with the C in the color white. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will put that in the show notes. Do you have an app.net address? Uh, no, I don't. Oh, you should. Yeah. It's, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it would help your marketing. Most of the people there are nerds, not, uh, not Oprah watchers. I'll but, check it out though. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you, you do marketing for a lot of people. You should definitely have an app.net presence. Um, and then your website, happytapper.com, will get you to all of your other projects. Yep. Do you have any other websites you want to mention specifically? Uh, idea to iPhone.com. And that's T-O or two? Uh, T-O. T-O. Idea to iPhone.com. Mm-hmm. And that is your book. And it is yeah. it, it looks gorgeous. And it has Mike Rohde's illustration. And I definitely plan to check that one out. Thank you. Cool. All right. Well, thanks so much for being here today. I uh, yeah. appreciate your time. Oh, it was my pleasure. It was an absolute blast chatting with you today. <laughs> chatting very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> at, at high speeds. All right. Um, well, this has been episode 44. Wow. 
44 of Systematic. I'm Brett Terpstra. I'm TT Scoff everywhere and at brettterpstra.com. And we will see everybody in a week.